Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Macabre Podcast Universe. Now, this is the podcast where we take on franchises, and we exist to prove people wrong when they say that sequels are never better than the originals. Now, um, we are currently in the middle of the trilogy, which is the three flavor, the Cornetto trilogy, (laughs) the three flavors Cornetto, something like that. Okay. But, um, and these are the Edgar Wright directed movies. And um, we're on the second one, which is Hot Fuzz, which is represented by the normal vanilla flavor, but the blue wrapper Cornetto ice cream. Um, We dug into that whole aspect a little bit on the previous episode, but for those of you who are just joining, slash a refresher, this is not a series as in reoccurring characters or anything like that. It's, It's recurring themes. Mm-hmm. And it is um, just based on kind of a throwaway joke, but then by the time Edgar Wright was making the third movie, he was he was like, "Oh, let me kind of tie this together as like a thematic kind of his statement on filmmaking in a mm-hmm. lot of ways." So, when was the first time you saw this movie? Um, I. I'm trying to remember. Uh, this would have been probably the second. Edgar Wright movie I saw after Shot Pilgrim. And I think it was just on Netflix and I just threw it on and I watched like half of it. And then that night I was like, Dad, I watched half of this movie and I stopped watching it because we should watch it. It's so funny. And uh, then I watched it. This was the third time I've seen the movie. Okay. Yeah. What about you? We've watched it together. Yes. So maybe it was actually the fourth. No, I think I've only seen it three times. The time that we watched it together was my first official time watching it. But I think prior to that i had seen it like on tv yeah um but like this movie came out it was 2008 2007 2007 so it's like me being in middle school parents were still kind of like wouldn't let us watch certain comedy like adult comedies and stuff. yeah this one's like right on the line yeah and like- so when I, at that age i just assumed that all comedies were really bad <laughs> like morally really yeah. bad so i think that i always thought that this movie was just up there with like a really irreverent bad morally wrong movie for some reason yeah and then growing up have heard that it's just so hilarious Mm -hmm. and finally watched it officially and it's like yeah this movie's hilarious yeah i i know this was another one that like i said last week was at shane's house and he watched a lot and i always saw it like when i would flip through his dvds to on borrowing movies and stuff i was always like oh that one but it was still kind of like I don't know. I, ne- yeah. I never, I never, I, I kind of missed the boat on Edgar Wright until later. Scott Pilgrim but for me, yeah. Fortunately, he's. I mean, he's very easy to get into, so I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I missed out because, you know, I, I. It's not like it's not like some movies where you're like I would say the Goonies is this way for me where I missed the boat and saw it when I was older, and it's like I get it, and I do think it's great, and I do like that movie a lot. But I don't like it's not part of you. It's not a part of me. And, you know, that sucks for you. Yeah, it does. is a big Jordan movie. Um, I remember since we've talked about Scott Pilgrim so much. Yeah. Like my introduction to Edgar Wright. But I believe how I watched that movie was I had I watched Juno and then uh-huh. was like, oh, my gosh, this is like one of the best movies I've ever seen. Yeah. And then I'm like, Michael Sarah is so great. I just want to watch anything that Michael Sarah and Ellen Page are in. OK, so <laughs> I had known about Scott Pilgrim, had never seen it. Uh-huh. So then I, I just like, I probably was a blockbuster at one point. It was just like, Oh my gosh, Michael Sarah's in this. It looks good. Yeah. And I watched, I got it, watched it alone. I think in my room and I watched it twice in one day. I, I was just so taken How aback. How old were you when you saw that? In high school. Wow. Pulling a double feature in high school. That's like a classic, like elementary middle school move, but high school. There are a couple. I've seen that movie twice in one day. I watched Inglorious Bastards twice in one day. And I also watched Black Swan twice in one day. <laughs> <laughs> I think those, the the two that I said, the last two, it was like, Veronica, you got to watch this movie. So I would like watch it again that oh, day. Oh, yeah. Her. I know that, uh, although I did kind of say that I did that with Hot Fuzz um, just now, like with my yeah. dad. Um, I think I... Like I, I did kind of have a dream of 
seeing Tenet, like buying two tickets to Tenet and just like walking out and then walking right back into the movie. That's quite the risk. But, um, you know, that movie's never coming out. So no. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Um, which should we should we re talk about the movie industry since that was on our lost our one of our lost episodes? Oh yeah, that's right. So um, I wanted to kind of update the audience. You know, coronavirus like we don't the theaters are closed or if they're open, it doesn't seem like a wise place to go. Um, they there there were quite a few movies that that basically when we started this we were like okay when we get caught up on a series for example marvel we will then let's say the movie comes out on january 21st like the new marvel movie we would see it that friday night and then the following friday we would interrupt whatever series we were on and we'd come out with an episode on that hence so it would be black widow yeah so we were like looking forward to like this year we were going to do black widow the eternals um I think that it's always going to be Marvel. Yeah, we're (laughs) we're going to have like several Marvel episodes every year, but then that didn't happen. um, Which, in one way, is a little fortunate because we're still a little in the gray area on if Morbius is technically in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which means we would have had to see Morbius in theaters, which is not something that I want to partake in. Me neither. Um, Jared Leto as a vampire is like zero percent interesting to me. Yeah. But also, Jared Leto has become 0% interesting to me. So, What a bummer that guy is, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. Just like b- pretty into 30 Seconds to Mars growing up. And then uh, I've I said I actually this, got into him as an actor for a period of time. Me too. Well, yeah. It started with 30 Seconds to Mars for me. And then I remember they have, if no one's seen it, it is just such a good music video. They do The Shining big recommend i don't remember what song it is but uh loved like that's what got me into 30 seconds to mars Mm -hmm. and then i watched another music video sometime later and it's it's kind of like an anthem song Mm -hmm. and at one point it says we are a cult and i was like peace (laughs) (laughs) peace out 30 seconds to mars um and then he's then i started seeing stuff that he was in yeah i think i'd seen fight club and i didn't know that was him yeah for the first time i saw it um but then, yeah, it just pretty quickly for me, it was like, this guy's too much. He's got too much of a Charles Manson vibe. And I know that's not nice to say, but he He's has got the Manson eyes. He has this look that's just in, in it, it like can put you in a trance. Yeah. It's weird because, because like this, and this is an objective thing that I'm about to say, I think. And I yeah, know yeah. what I'm saying is actually subjective. He is like beautiful. Yeah. But it's almost like, but what's going on see the thing that did it for me was when so first of all his his performance in suicide squad was like insane i could not believe how bad it was now granted that whole movie's a mess yeah but it there was like this whole thing where he he like to to be like a quote method actor he sent like the the cast the cast like used condoms and, and like dead rats and stuff because ha 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 i'm the joker and i'm like dude you suck if you're doing that and i'm yeah. sure all the cat i mean someone like will smith a, a consummate professional yeah he's got to be like really you just sent me a dead rat i'm will smith you don't send will smith a dead rat what are you talking about well then it's like it is harassing people i know there should be like a suit against him for that yeah. that's disgusting like you i hate yeah. when method actors like go that far it's so annoying to me it's like yeah. g- get off your high horse what do you think about daniel day lewis on my left foot who made people carry him around everywhere i mean i think i mean daniel day lewis is i love him i think the older i get the more i think method acting is kind of like stupid yeah it's just like it's your job to is it christian bale a method actor well, I, I think a lot of people are like method actors to certain degrees. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like he loses and gains all that weight. Yeah. Which I, you know, I think that's kind of, I think there's parts of it that are cool. And I do get like Daniel like, Day-Lewis and Lincoln, like trying to be Lincoln, like, well, like in that headspace, wanting, yeah, you know? Yeah. But, you know, you know, also like Joaquin Phoenix and the Joker. I don't know what, why people have this stupid obsession with like, making sure they're like method acting the joker it's like he's a comic well, what's so book character. weird about Grow it up. because of heath ledger and him dying it's like made you know people are like oh my gosh the joker totally effed him up 
Which isn't true. No, but since then, it's like this it's, weird It's extended mythology. into um, Bill Skarsgård apparently had to go to therapy for being Pennywise. I don't yeah. know if that's true. I think that if anything, that just gets people to watch the movie. Yeah. But it's, it's like extends to other clowns. You know, I know. It's just I think weird. It's, it's a weird thing that's blown out of proportion because there, there's also this weird, like, you know, there's this thing about Heath Ledger that, like, playing the Joker killed him. Yeah. Like, he went crazy, and he, like, locked himself in a hotel room, and he he was, like, method acting the whole time. But you can look up set photos of him, like, goofing off during the dark night, and he wasn't. Me- I mean, I think he was method acting to a degree. Yeah. And I know that he did, like, lock himself in a hotel room to, like, get a laugh and go a little bit crazy, but he... He died after he was done shooting. I mean, I, I it's tragic death. Well, but I, I it, think that, there's a lot more to it than like yes. playing a part in a movie. I, I mean, yeah, I. And it's just it's, it's a complicated complicated thing to talk about, and I think it because it's complicated. You can't just pinpoint one role that he was in made Absolutely. him do that. Yeah, it's like no, I think it was a history of the things that he suffered through. Yeah. Mentally, and it's very tragic. Yeah. We don't want to downplay that no. at all. Yeah. But I would love whoever plays the Joker next, because inevitably it'll happen. Yeah. I want someone who's just like, they're like, so how'd you get in the headspace? And there's like, I don't know. I just showed up on set and did a goofy laugh and stuff. We just need another Jack Nicholson type. Yeah. Like, because he had just had fun with it you could tell but he's, he's also was so good yeah. he was so good and I, I but i do think that it's just he he nailed that type of yeah. joker that tim burton was going for honestly the be, because at this point it's like how much darker can you get with that character we need we we seriously need like a caesar romero like from the batman tv show joker that's what we need next if, if whoever's gonna like play slapstick like he was just insane yeah yeah he's just like goofy it's yeah. like three stooges kind of stuff that's that's <laughs> yeah. what we need from joker yeah from that's that is my claim i'm saying we don't need another like twisted yeah guy it's not that interesting all this to say uh tenant Yes. So why were we talking about Jared Leto? Um, I don't not Morbius. We were talking about oh, Morbius. Okay, okay. So we were talking about the the movie industry and then how we we had planned to do some of this stuff, but then we had also talked about um on our on our lost Winnie the Pooh episode, like what what we thought of what was going on with the industry, and um I I remember we were talking about how like. The fact that Nolan is trying so hard to make Tenet like the movie that gets released like first feels really like he doesn't care about the health of the people who love his movies. So I, I'm like kind of soured on the movie. Like I'm totally. not. I think a lot of people are. Yeah. I'm like not. I don't really care about. I mean, if it came out tomorrow, like on video on demand and it was like like they're doing with Mulan, like $30. I'm watching it immediately. Oh, yeah. I'm, I am. I think that's a hard one because it's, it's hard because of the Mulan thing being $30. And if you do think about it, because it is Disney, they can't ask for that much. And for those of you who don't know, they they did announce that Mulan is going to be released on Disney Plus, but you'll have to pay an additional $30 September 4th. Yeah, which is an interesting thing among itself. But it's it is an, it is true to think about like... Disney is proven. Well, I don't know if they're live. Personally, their live action isn't very proven. However, this one does look good, and I do want to see this one. Yeah, me too. But the fact that Disney... I'm going to wait like a year and just watch it for free on Disney Plus. And we talked about this on the last episode, but like uh, it it being $30, it's just mentally it's different because if you're going to go to the theaters with your family and spend $30, probably even more than that, you don't even think about it because you're going to the theater and having that experience. But if for some reason it feels different, even if it's the same amount of money that you're going to watch it in your own home. Right. Definitely on a TV. That's not as good as the theater TV yeah. or screen. So it's just, a, it's, it's almost like you have the audacity <laughs> to ask for $30, but then it's like, yeah, cause it's Disney. They can same with Christopher Nolan. He's proven he could charge $30, but there is a part of me with the Mulan that I'm like, I know people are kind of like digging on Disney for it. Yeah. But there's part of me that's like, maybe they can make this work and we can get some of those studio releases this year, which would be fun as a movie viewer to not just be like watching old movies, which 
you know, I'm, I've actually been enjoying that because it's like, oh, I can like catch up on a bunch of stuff I haven't seen. And the few movies that we have seen that came out on digital have actually been really good. Yeah. Um, like Palm Springs and Relic have yeah. been like fantastic movies everyone should see. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I there's part of me that's like, I'm kind of glad they're just doing this. Yeah. Because maybe it'll be like a complete failure, but then we'll know. Yeah, that's true. You know, anyway that's the theater stuff that's some of our thoughts on it um but let's talk about hot fuzz a movie directed by edgar wright once again written by simon Pegg and edgar wright and this time we have music by david arnold who does the music to sherlock oh cool yeah um he did the music to paul which is the movie about the alien, movie? alien, which has simon Pegg and nick frost and they wrote it we should watch that oh yeah it always looks so dumb to me yeah, um, but it's probably really funny. Uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, among other things. Uh, the cinematography is by Jess Hell, who did uh, Hall. Excuse me, Hall. <laughs> Je- I said it so matter of fact, so strong. Jess Hell, no, uh, sorry, Jess Hall, and uh, this person uh, did Transcendence, which. How, don't you think it'd be kind of nerve-wracking to uh do the be the director of photography on a movie directed by a person who is originally a director of photography oh yeah that would be or maybe it would be really nice because you'd just get each other yeah i mean the movie wasn't good but yeah i've never seen it don't waste your time um but it is the uh wally fister who it's his first and i think only directed movie um he did direct an episode of the tick but uh, or no, he did uh, cinematography for that. Um, but he, it was like he he was Nolan's guy for a long time, mm-hmm. and then and then he did that, which is why he couldn't do the cinematography for Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then he also did the cinematography. Jess Hell did the Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Jess Hall did the. Cinemat- did you spell Hell? <laughs> I didn't. No. Um, oh, he he he. he, he uh, did the uh, did the cinematography for Ghost in the Shell, Serenity, The Switch, among other things. The movie's edited by Chris Dickens again. Remember, this yeah. will be the last one that Chris Dickens edits with Edgar Wright. Uh, it comes out April 20th, 420, 2007. Uh, what does it have to do with this movie? I don't know. No one smokes weed. Yeah, but it, it's law enforcement, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's still no weed. Do, do police notoriously smoke pot? Probably. Okay. I don't know. Getting high on their own supply. Yeah. <laughs> I I was just thought it was a funny date. It has nothing to do with that. Okay. Movie. Uh, the budget of the movie is twelve to sixteen million in there, and then uh, World Pineapple Express. Did that come out on four twenty? That oh, would make I sense. I hope that that came out on four twenty because if not. That is the craziest missed opportunity. Are you looking it up? Maybe ever. No, I forgot to look up the box office, so I'm grabbing that right now. You really dropped the ball. <laughs> no, no. Domestically, this movie makes 23 and a little a little over 23 and a half million, and then worldwide it makes 80.7 million. Wait, what was it originally? Okay, can you say that all again? I I zoned out. <laughs> the box office the budget was 12 to 16 million. Okay domestically the movie makes 23.5 a little over 23.5 uh worldwide it makes 80.7 cool so very good um edgar wright felt like britain didn't really have like the tradition of like cop movies that other countries had so he wanted to make one okay that's kind of like the original inspiration for this and it took them 18 months to get the script all figured out him and Simon. That's a long time. Um, the title is a play on 80s and 90s action movies that feel yeah. like in the 80s and 90s, Simon Pegg was saying how it just felt like people would just draw out of a hat of adjectives and nouns <laughs> <laughs> and they don't really have anything to do with the movie like lethal weapon or like they're just kind of random words that kind of work. So they wanted to does make point break mean anything. Not really. Okay. Like, what does that mean? Point I, Break? Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, I've only seen the movie once. So I don't know. Yeah, so it, it, it was kind of a play on that. That's smart. Um, And The Wicker Man was an inspiration for this movie. Yeah, that makes sense. all of the action movies. You know, a cop that's in this weird town that's mm-hmm. doing weird stuff. Um, Peg maintains that this is not a spoof 
movie. It is like a um, parody because he feels like spoofs usually look down on the material that they are spoofing, whereas they were like looking up to the material. I see. Yeah. And I think that that is actually one of the geniuses behind the movie. Yeah. Because they could take the route of just like bashing all of these action movies, but it never feels like that. It yeah. feels like in homage, but in a really original way, not in a rip-off-y way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they talk about an homage in the movie. The, with the talking about the Shakespeare play, but remember when oh, he pulls yeah. over the guy and he's like, it's an homage to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like it's just a part of the theme, you know? Mm-hmm. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, the first draft of the script had a love interest for Nicholas for wait, way to remove it. But most of, uh, uh, well, not most, but a lot of like the dialogue, they just changed to Danny. Smart. I like that a lot, especially because of, um, point break and bad boys, but mostly point break being such an integral part to the story because well, <laughs> point break if no one's seen it uh it's keanu reeves and patrick swayze basically in love mm -hmm. well and i was thinking about this as the movie went on like this movie like the the previous movie is kind of a like a buddy movie you know Shaun of the dead has like a buddy mm -hmm. friend drama in the heart of it this one has like a romantic comedy in it yeah between him and danny yeah and I think if, if you really think about all of these cop movies, most of them have an element of, uh, you know, you can you can probably argue what exactly, but there's an element of like the two main characters, the two it's usually male characters are in some ways in love with each other uh -huh. in cop movies. Oh, yeah. You know, and for Point Break, it's like forbidden love, uh, forbidden love because good guy, bad guy. Yes. Aren't supposed to get along and be friends or anything, but they're for some reason drawn to each other. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and yeah, like in bad boys, they have kind of that. It's all, it's, I've never seen that movie there. There is, and I think it's funny that they watch bad boys too. Yeah. They don't watch the first one. Yeah. Um, but I think there is just something about like, like you, like a forbidden love between like two cops yeah, you know, like well, it's like you know they're, they're always away from their families, and they're yeah, always they spend more time together <laughs> yeah. than anyone else probably, and it is like a you know it's a it's a heartless gritty job like there's yeah. like you you aren't supposed to be driven by emotion in these kind in this job right. because it's facts hard facts it's the law yeah and that's why I think it's always so common that these like strong relationships are developed in spite <laughs> of the law yeah yeah. I think, and I think this movie gets that about those movies. Yeah. And, and plays so it up more than they would. Yeah. Except Point Break could not be played up more than it is. No, that is one of the most bombastic movies I've ever seen. High recommend. I oh, mean, yeah. It's it, it is like, so entertaining. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, so. And you got Keanu, so. Yeah. You, and Patrick Swayze. I mean, he's yeah. crazy good in that. And you yeah. also have, remember you have a cameo from. Um, Red Hot Andy, Chili Peppers what, lead singer. Yeah, whatever his name. I don't know what his name is. Andy Keys or something like that. That sounds vaguely. Anth Anthony Keys. Anthony Kiedis. Anthony yeah. Kiedis. Yeah. <laughs> um, for like a role that's nasty. Like he's gross. Yeah. He just makes my skin crawl in that movie. He's a beach bum. Yeah. Um, but then finally, there are two insane cameos in this movie that I was trying to make sure that you did not find out about so that we so could tell figure me the out dude on the mic. First. So, first of all, for because we have to give the audience, uh, the person who plays uh, Father Christmas in the flashback where Simon Pegg gets stabbed in the hand is a very famous director. Okay, give me hints. So, um, here's, here's the hint. Because uh, the other famous cameo is... Nick's ex-girlfriend that's in the CSI um, yeah. house, uh, like a CSI investigation, and her face She's is forensics. obscured. Forensics. And they are both, so both the- Have they worked together? They've worked together, and we have covered both of them okay. on what they worked on together. Okay. We, okay. So, those are your hints. Okay, so the guy, give me a hint on the guy. He's a director. Yeah, but- what give me another hint he has won uh best director and best uh picture in the same year 
And that's 2013, the year that the girl no. also? Okay. No. What year did he win? 2003. Peter Jackson? Or 2005, I mean. Yeah. That's Peter Jackson? <laughs> yeah. That's insane. <laughs> or is it 2003? What year did... No, like... That girl's not Kate Blanchett. Yeah. What? It sounds <laughs> look, nothing look like a, her. Look at a picture of her now. Look up, just write hot fuzz Kate Blanchett. Oh, okay. And and you can see her eyes, and it's so obvious that it's her. It's crazy. But it sounds nothing. Her voice is so recognizable. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see it Can't now. you see it now? Yeah. yeah. So that's that. Uh, wow. Whenever it's like such, that's like one of the craziest cameos because you don't see either of their faces. And it's almost like, why? But also yeah. awesome. Yeah, very cool. So um, that's all I got on the okay. movie. Um, I'm, you know, listener probably knows with me, I'm pretty disorganized. And this movie was very overwhelming in terms of the cast. So it'll probably feel more disorganized than usual because I was very overwhelmed with where to even start. Yeah. Obviously, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost covered them. Uh, we also, though, have Timothy Dalton, who plays Simon Skinner, that Micah giggled like a child every time he was on screen <laughs> for some reason. What My favorite, well, one of my favorites is just he, so Nick Nick is jogging through the, the town and he just pops up to him and he's like, I'm a slasher. I slash. And you're like, who is this He's so guy? Over the top. And yeah, he he is playing it so hammy. It's amazing. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite performances in the movie. So he's he's a James Bond. Yeah, I mean, anyone can look at him and know that that's a James Bond. He just has the look. And I feel like that. I mean, I'm sure that Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright must have freaked out when they got Timothy Dalton because oh, yeah. in Britain, like. James Bond is I mean it's pretty big here but it is like he is a national hero in Britain. So like for them to like work with a James Bond I'm sure they were so nervous when they got on set. <laughs> yeah. Um he's also in Toy Story 4 apparently. Yeah, he is Mr. Prickle Pan or something. Yeah, he's the he's the hedgehog. Ah. Um and he's also in Penny Dreadful and then he does a lot of voice acting. Cool. Um and then Patty Considine, who plays one of the detectives, Andy Wainwright, who is in The Outsider, the oh. recent HBO show The Outsider based on Stephen King's The Outsider. And he's the guy, um, he's in The Bourne Ultimatum. He's the reporter at the beginning. Okay. Uh, and then he's in a lot of stuff. I, I, you know, there's so many. Oh, he's in Death of Stalin. Oh, oh he's okay. in Peaky Blinders, too. Cool. So that's him. And then, oh, we've already covered Rafe Spall. That's the, oh, that's his partner. Yeah, we had to pause the movie and talk about him for a second. So like I said in the last movie, because he's in Shaun of the Dead 2, he is the the like kid who works for Simon Pegg. Like, yeah. That is questioning him on everything. That That's in questioning Fallen Questioning his authority. Kingdom. So he's also in Fallen Kingdom. Um, it's kind of insane to watch Shaun of the Dead and then to watch this movie <laughs> because... He it's a different person. And uh so the movies are three to four years apart. Three uh, years three. apart. Yeah. So Mike and I we were just we had to have a pause on the movie to talk about him for a second because I am sure this is what happened to this guy. <laughs> he through most of his life was just a thick, chubby kid. And I'm just saying, like, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh but he clearly, I'm assuming after Shaun of the Dead because he was probably actually 17 when that movie was filmed or whatever, like a teenager. When you grow up, uh, sometimes people just lose weight. Uh -huh. And he probably just, within a year or two, suddenly looked like this other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it is like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. Watching Shaun of the Dead and then Hot Fuzz. Yeah, it, it feels like that person you went to high school with, you see two years later and you're like, whoa. Yeah, like just looks like a completely different person. Yeah. Anyway, and then Kevin Eldon, who plays Sergeant Tony Fisher, he is the uh, Bill Hader and Stephen King had a baby guy. <laughs> um, he's in Four Lions. Oh, that's a pretty funny movie. You if know I who's remember in Four right. Lions? Um, Riz Ahmed. Is that that guy's name? I believe so. If it's oh yeah, but I'm also talking about uh, Kayvon Novak, who is in uh, <laughs> like on uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh, the, um, oh my gosh, the, the, 
What uh, I can't Nandor. remember. Nandor, yes. Yeah. I could hear his voice. <laughs> That's all I could hear. Oh, and then Kevin is also in The Crown, Sandition. There's a ton of shows. Doctor mm-hmm. Who. I think everyone's a Doctor Who. Um, and then Olivia Coleman. Yes. Um, she is an Oscar winner for Best Actress for The Favorite in 2018. And I um, remember that night, Edgar Wright, is a, he's a great follow on Twitter if you're a Twitter person. Um, he, he was just tweeting about her like the whole night yeah. after she won. Um, she's also in The Lobster and The Crown and a vast amount of things. Isn't she in Broadchurch? Yeah. Also in Broadchurch, which apparently is an amazing show. I um, saw one of those because I was looking. I don't always look through the trivia anymore, but I was. Th- these movies have like references and stuff. So it's like, oh, the trivia might have some stuff. Yeah. And they had, you know, one of those kind of annoying trivia facts where it's like, this person has played a detective this many times. And she's one of the, she's played like a ton of detectives oh, and, really? and police people. And this is like her first one. So. Oh, interesting. Um, and then Stephen Merchant's also in this movie. He's the guy who lost his goose. Uh, that's the one of Swan. the. Cre- oh, Swan. Sorry. Um, he is one of the creators of the UK office. Yeah. Um, He's in Jojo Rabbit. Oh yeah, I wasn't gonna really deep dive on him. He's <laughs> um trying to find. It's kind of surprising. There's just so many that, people. It's like, who do you um touch on? Ricky Gervais is not in any of these. Yeah, just because he's such a big British guy, you know. Yeah, I think people are kind of done with him now. I think so. I, I think people are kind of done with the whole like, yeah, we get it. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the the joke on blank check that they bring up that is always funny is, have you guys heard? <laughs> yeah. That, and I, this is kind of like low key. Like I don't want to you know be like break the news or anything, but he's actually an atheist. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> um, and then Steve Coogan is also in this movie. Yeah. He's uncredited too. I yeah yeah. Um, I saw he that. plays one of the he plays the Metropolitan Police Inspector, um, Steve Coogan. We actually talked about him did. in the last episode because I was talking about I'm with Alan Partridge. Or so that's I'm, him. I'm Alan. Partridge. He's also in the other guys. <laughs> that's yeah. why I don't have much. I haven't seen him in much, but he's so funny. Um, and then I'm trying to find the guy in which Indiana Jones movie? Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. The he's bad the bad guy. Is yeah. in this movie. He plays the priest. I just want his name, but the, you see, the cast list is so big. Yeah. It's bare. Oh, Paul Freeman. Paul Freeman. Uh, probably some of the nicest eyes I've ever seen in my life. He's, he is someone that like, um, and, and it's, it's not necessarily like an attraction thing, but he, I just like to look at him. He he's, just he's has like piercing. such an interesting face that, yeah. I mean, it makes so much sense that he's an actor. You know what I mean? Like yes. he just has a look where you're I bet like, he's a big theater guy. He just has the vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially for some reason in this movie. Seeing him as a priest, it's like, oh, yeah, he's he's a theater guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bill Bailey, who plays the guy who's the twins. Yes. Um, he is the whale in Hitchhiker's Guide uh, oh. the Galaxy. How come I'm... Sorry. Hitchhiker's Guide, guide to the Galaxy. To the galaxy. Um, yeah, he plays the whale. Wow. I've Very always wondered cool. who narrated the whale. Yeah. That's when the whale uh, discovers the meaning of life and then immediately dies. Yep. Or no, no, it doesn't discover the meaning of life. The whale is falling as it gets like created in the sky. And it's like, where am I? What am I? What is my purpose in life? And and then it just falls. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I mean, of course there's so many more people, but it's kind of unwieldy. Oh yeah. Um, by the way, the whale in hitchhiker's guide, I believe in the third book, um that there's there there's like a whale carcass in the in the book that's like a reference to that whale and then something with that potted plant that falls as well oh really yeah it kind of like calls back that's funny so let's jump into the movie now okay so the movie starts with simon Pegg walking down this corridor very intense i love the juxtaposition of watching these movies back to back Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz because he is such a different character in this Mm -hmm. that it's really, it makes it extra fun Mm -hmm. to me. And then it shows this montage being narrated by Martin Freeman. Mm -hmm. And it is just showing how he is excellent in everything in the police. Yes. Academy. From the physical challenges to the mental challenges to like, like it shows him like drifting a car, then it shows him drifting a bike. It's like, he then it shows him on a SWAT team taking like doing drug bus. Yeah. And being part of big operations. 
Yeah. But then it also sees them being within the community and people like generally like him as a police officer. So um, then it shows him meeting uh, with Martin Freeman and Martin Freeman's like <laughs> this great bit where he's like, how are, how are you doing? How's your hand? Because he got stabbed. Yeah. And he's like, I'm doing good. And then he says, we're transferring you to this little village. You're, no, you're being made sergeant. Yeah. And then we're taking you to this village. And he's like, what? Well, d- I want to talk to the next guy up. Yeah. And so then Steve Coogan comes in. But before he does, Martin Freeman's like, he's going to say the exact same stuff. And then he's like, how you doing? How's that hand doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then just because Steve Coogan is just like, he is one of those people that I think he can do nothing. And you're going to kind of giggle. Like oh, absolutely. He, he just is, he is so funny. So then he's like. He has, he has like a pretentious air about him <laughs> and anything I've seen him in. And it, it works. Well, I think um, what what is like so great about weaponizing him is he has a pretentious air, but a lot of, at least with Alan Partridge yeah. and, and like in the other guys, is he's like this uppity British guy, but he's an absolute like dimwit. And yeah. he can't, he can't like. Like, he's always trying to save face, and you think that he's going to be really smart, and he's not. Yeah. And that's, like, the genius of his comedy. Remember in the other guys when they're trying to confront him, and they keep off, he keeps offering them, like, cucumber <laughs> water and stuff, and then they get courtside seat tickets, and then they're like, wait a second. And then he takes, gives them tickets to the Jersey Boys on Broadway. He's like, oh, how'd you enjoy the Jersey Boys? They're like, we loved no, they're it. No, like, they're like, it wasn't good. It was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you completely undersold it. <laughs> but um, the, uh, one of my other favorite bits in that movie is when they finally get him in the penthouse, like before the climax of the movie. And they're like, so tell us what happened. And he goes, he goes, okay, well, I think the best way to do this is for me to start in the middle. And then I'm going to periodically flash back to the beginning several times and then catch us up to the start. Actually, I think a better way is going to be starting right at the end. And then I'm going to go to the middle, come back to the end, and then go back to the beginning. And he does like three different ways. Yeah. And then they're like, just tell us what happened. Yeah, really funny. <laughs> but um, what all that to say, he's so funny. And so he gets called in. He asks the same things. And then he's like, well, I want you to bring up like the, the chief, guy above you. chief inspector. Yeah. And he's like, you want me to, you want me to go up? You want me to talk to the guy up there and have him come down here? Yeah. And just because he's Steve Coogan... Those lines aren't inherently funny, but it's like, oh, that's so funny. Oh, funny. And then it's Bill Nye. Yeah. Who I, he, he has such a, a interesting way of talking. He just, his talking is so like smooth. It's like, he never really takes a pause. <laughs> uh-huh. He just keeps talking. Yeah. And it's just like, it flows. It's like, it ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So he, he was a funny addition to that scene as well. So he gets transferred to a small village. Yes. To be sergeant. Because, and because he's been making them look bad because he's, he's too good at his he's job. He's too good at the job. And they're like, checks and balances. Come on. Um, and then, and I think Simon Pegg says, you can't just make someone disappear. And they're like, well, yeah, we can. And so he goes. <laughs> then we go to this crime scene and he is meeting with his ex, who we found out is Kate Blanchett. Now, the beauty of this scene, just, just something that is totally amazing about it is that for maybe the only time I personally have seen it in film, the the people working the forensics are actually wearing what forensics people wear on a set. Yeah. It's not like people in suits like lifting stuff up with pins, yeah. not wearing glasses or coverings. And I was kind of like, that's kind of incredible that they did that detail in a comedy. And there's like 40 people in the house because it's like, yeah, there's blood everywhere. It would take a and while. And I think it's funny with her that I think she's wearing glasses and they're talking and she takes off her glasses for emphasis. Like, you know, like when you're wearing something on your face, it's like, take it off so that it's like, you really understand me. But she doesn't like her glasses. She yeah. should be taking off the face covering. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that because of the costume, they they play it up for laughs. Yeah. Very good choice. Um, and then And then when he's like... She's like, also, I need to tell you that. And he's like, you've been seeing someone else. Is it Frank? And she's like, do you really think Frank's my type? And this guy turns, he's wearing all the stuff. And he's like, he's like, hey. Yeah. And then she goes, no, it's Bill. And then Bill turns around and he looks exactly the same because he's wearing the exact same outfit. You can't see anything. Hey. Yeah. You know, and that's the great Edward. Edward. (laughs) Edward Cullen. Edgar. Edgar and Simon, like their humor, that kind of like. There's an intense conversation happening, but on top of that, there's a layer of comedy 
that also is being referenced throughout. Yeah. Um, so then he gets transferred to um, the the village, and I did not write down the name. Is it Sanford? Sanford. Sanford. Yes. Okay. Um, but Gloucester's in there somewhere. I don't really know. Yeah. The, but it's Sanford. Yeah. And when he goes, he checks into where his flat is going to be. Oh, no, he checks into a hotel because it's... Uh, oh, hotel. Okay. His cottage isn't ready. And 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 this speaks to, again, that, like, I'm calling it double talk, um, where where he's talking to the lady. He walks up, and she's, she's working on a, a crossword puzzle, and she looks at him and says, fascist. And he goes, excuse me? Yeah. And then she goes... 12 across, four letters, or, or however many. Wow, it's 12 letters. <laughs> however many but letters. But then they talk, and then he's like, hag. And she's like, what? Yeah. And then he's like, 12 down, pers- uh, witch who lives in a, you know, whatever. So, How many letters is that? T- three. <laughs> 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 I'm not doing so hot today. No. Well, actually, I am very hot today. The apartment is very hot. Okay. I'm having a hot flash. Can guys have hot flashes? Anyone can have a hot flash, Micah. What is a hot flash? I think you're experiencing it, so that's what it is. Okay. I thought it was... <laughs> I thought oh it my was... gosh. <laughs> You're never going to finish this episode. Um, and so then at the then he goes to a pub. And while he's there, he gets cranberry juice because he doesn't want to drink on the job. Um, although he's not on the job yet. But his but... life is his job, so he is on the job. Yeah. And um, he notices that like the kids that are drinking there... Th- are that like are kids 15 year olds and and there's a great uh effect that they do where he looks at this kid and sees braces and then they shine a bright light on his face and he's like squinting yeah and then he goes around and he's asking people for their age and he kicks everyone out and then yeah. the pub owners are like well we figure if they're making trouble in here it's better than them making trouble out there yeah and and then he goes in he arrests the well he doesn't arrest him he just kicks him out but he arrests um danny who he meets um let we shouldn't call him nick because simon peg's name is nick so So danny is trying to drive home but he is very drunk so nicholas takes him uh to the jail and he also on his way gets some more kids well the same kids but like one of them it's like public urination yeah i'm assuming the other kids were doing something bad too so he shows up with like three of the kids and uh danny and the the guy there, I don't know what that role is called, but he's just another police officer. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just like very, you know, like, oh my gosh, you're basically already working. So um he he impounds, he he does all the paperwork. You can see he enjoys the paperwork. He enjoys well, and every part of this job. I love that when he's doing the paperwork, they the way shoot, it's edited. Yeah, they shoot it like it is cool and intense yes. and how they would shoot like a early 2000s cop action movie yes um so next morning first day starting the job he goes to try and find danny who's in the jail he's not there where is he he's a police officer not only is he a police officer he is the chief inspector's son Mm -hmm. so it's like small town he's he learns quickly you know everyone knows each other and because it's a small town it's like you know everyone's up in each other's business and so you know they let things slide because no one's going to do anything wrong here. Yeah. It's so small. The city's the dangerous place. Um, but the chief inspector who plays Slughorn in Harry Potter. Yes. Professor Slughorn. He is... Uh, t- Which one is Slughorn? Like, what's his deal? He is in... What does he teach? Half-Blood Prince. Oh, he teaches um, dark arts. And No, is, potions. Is he he the, teaches potions. Is he the one that, like, um, had talked with... Um, Tom Riddle. Tom Riddle. Yeah. Oh, and so there's the flashback. The reason why Dumbledore wanted to bring him back to Hogwarts was so that Harry he he could tell Harry some memories and extract memories from him right. so that they can understand. That's when Horcrux is revealed in that Right. Movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um so Can't wait to watch him again. Me too. Me neither, I mean. Okay. So he's touring, he's giving <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Can't wait to watch him again. Me neither. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Like I can't wait either. I know, but <laughs> oh my gosh this is the worst okay so uh slughorn is giving him a tour around the precinct meeting everyone it hilarious to me that olivia coleman is the only woman police officer and she's just kind of like the resident slut like she it's that fu- it's a trope yeah yeah that i think is pretty funny um usually i wouldn't but because it is a parody when i think the way she acts it and plays it is just 
just very it's but very it, self-aware yeah and even down to that of, of she's like it's okay <laughs> yeah um and then you meet the detectives who are basically the same person down to they're both both named andy yeah um and then they're all eating cake and apparently it's because danny it has something to do with danny yeah, like when he gets in trouble, he has to buy like sweets for everybody. Yeah. So since last night, he has to get up a ton of ice cream. Yeah. For the next time. And so then we see Nick and Danny on patrol. And the whole time, Nick is enamored with um his love interest, <laughs> uh, Nick, by by saying like like because he knows he worked at you talking in, about Danny. in London. Sorry, Danny. Like Danny uh knows that Nick worked in London, like and did all this crazy stuff so he's like did he did you shoot your gun in the air did you did you ever kill anybody did you? and the whole time you know they're doing stuff and uh nick's like no no yeah yeah it, you know not into it at all but that's saying like you know that's not really why you become a police officer like that's not really like what you should be looking forward to doing as a police officer so it's like he's a hard ass yeah um so while they're doing this, it, it, the, you know, he's saying like, let's start, let's observe people. So he starts kind of teaching Danny how you can be a police officer be, because it's just, it's clear that no one does anything. Yes. Who's a, who's a police officer. Yeah. Um, so they're to the scene where they're doing traffic control and someone's going like 18 miles over the speed limit. They pull him over and uh, Nicholas is using the notebook and to, yeah. to write everything down that the guy's saying um, and saying that, like, this is your most important tool. Uh-huh. Um, love that touch. Uh, this movie is so hard to talk about. Well, it's it's extreme. What's funny is it is, like, very plot heavy. Yeah. Even though it's very funny and it goes from place to place to place, it is, like, it is very, like, detail-oriented as well, which, like, yeah. usually cop movies are because then you got to be, like, Oh, and here's the big reveal. This. Yeah. You know, and so they have to plant all this stuff. Basically, though, just side note, there's a swan on the loose. That'll come back later. We don't have to talk about the swan. But, and and Nick is being in the precinct. Everyone is, like, making fun of him and kind of sick of him because he's making him look bad. And also, we'll find out later, like, the whole village is in on this whole conspiracy. So, because it's so dense yeah let's just talk about the murders so the the theater guy and girl they get murdered they're the first murder and everyone in town is like it's an accident it was just an accident and then nicholas is saying because it was a car accident he's like you do not say accident is a traffic collision also i think that this was a murder yeah i mean they were decapitated Uh. um but everyone you know he he's Oh, (laughs) so sorry. I just can't talk about this movie. Okay, so then the next murder is the small guy in the pub. Yeah, talk about it. And he it's he gets murdered by the house getting blown up, Mm -hmm. but it's staged that he just left the gas on while cooking bacon and beans. Yes, and and it's this whole thing. You know, later a guy gets killed from the you know what's interesting is they uh nicholas comments on the reasons why they were murdered before they're murdered yeah so like the theater guy the theater people they were murdered because they're terrible at theater uh-huh um and he comments on that oh the night of the theater yeah. of the play and then um the small guy <laughs> The, the, that they bring home, he comments on, this isn't really keeping in theme with the rustic environment of You're the village. Right. And that's why he was murdered. And then the lady who was murdered next, who... So, so the, the Tim Messenger, the, yes. the guy who works for the paper, is murdered next. Is murdered next. <laughs> By... <laughs> it's, it's absolutely insane. It's very graphic. Yes. But um, they're at the church, and the the person pushes like a a spike like on a spire or something a spire off and it lands directly on his head and it just his head explodes it is it's so, so ridiculous i think if there wasn't cg blood in it it would be like hard to watch yeah well the every it, it's funny i with Shaun of the dead and then this one they're both incredibly violent I think they do, they like push it past the threshold so, so that too. it's not hard to watch. I think so too. Um, I can't remember the next movie though. I don't remember the next movie being violent. Yeah, I don't but remember we'll, it being we'll violent see. either. Um, 
Yeah, so he's murdered because he's a bad speller. Yeah. Be- yeah. Because Which, earlier he it was proven in the paper that Nicholas was reading, he misspelled his own his name. Yeah, Nicholas Angle instead yeah. of Angel. And yeah, that affected him. That is interesting that he saw all those reasons that they were murdered. The only one was the the woman w- yeah. in the flower shop. He didn't know he didn't he didn't comment on her and why she was no. murdered. Um but when all these murders occur and like the when they're investigating them, the person who is always there is Skinner, Timothy Dalton. Yeah. Yeah. All of these murders, um there's the woman with the shears and and it, it is just insane. And like Jordan just established, I think it is kind of best to just jump around on this. I hope it's not too... I hope you can follow. But hopefully you've watched the movie, so you're like, yeah, yeah, I get it. But the woman gets stabbed with shears, also incredibly violent. Yes. And that's kind of when Simon Pegg is cracking the whole case. And, um, you know, the other reason this is hard to talk about is how many characters there are. That, yes, yes. Yeah, because we haven't even talked about... um, the like sidekick guy that has like a child's brain and no. i almost think we shouldn't no no <laughs> although he says yarp a lot yeah um that was a good one it, it is interesting because there are so many characters in this movie yeah. and it is so plot heavy that of course like you know we're not going to talk about certain people and sometimes it's like well maybe they shouldn't even have been in the movie that is not true with this movie yeah. because a lot of it's played for comedy well and and the other thing is like this genre detective yes. genre classically is like a there's bloated amount of characters and not only that it's a small town yeah so that too and i mean i mean think about knives out there's like there's like like 10 main characters and they're all like main characters yes they're actually more like 12 or 13 and so you know it's hard to keep track of everything Mm -hmm. so you just need a you need in movies like this a good reveal scene that you're able to encompass everything and go like that's what you just saw and then the more times you watch it the more you're like oh yeah that person this that person this right because you just can't it, it, it can't be like a one-time view no no it, it can <laughs> like it, <laughs> it, it um it can't be like all these characters without like a perfect revelation scene oh totally Oh, otherwise the the movies are just so incoherent. And before we get there, yeah. we'll touch on uh, throughout all of this. Of course, Danny and Nicholas's relationship, friendship, yeah, are is developing and it's becoming a true friendship. Mm-hmm. It starts with Nicholas telling, basically teaching how to be a police officer to Danny. Yeah, and it it goes to where Danny is able to kind of like dig into Nicholas, like why did you want to be a police officer? Yeah, uh, and then it goes even to Danny. Without saying you need to loosen up, but getting him to loosen up mm-hmm. to, to the point where they watch Point Break and Bo- Bad Boys 2 in one night. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to the point where... I love the when he, he, he goes, yeah. he goes which one? He's holding the DVDs and he goes... He goes... Um, I haven't seen either of them. Uh, yeah, and, and he's, like, like he's like, we're just going to watch... Let's just watch this one. And he's like, I was wondering which one you wanted to watch first. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um... But I, oh, but then when it's Danny's birthday, Nicholas doesn't know, but he drops everything to buy him a, a Japanese lily plant. Yeah. And that's when the hedge clipper killing happens. Right. right. Yeah. But so, it's like, oh, he's this person is important to him. Yeah. And I think when after um, the guy is killed at the church, they kind of have, if we're talking about like the romantic comedy element of this, they have like a breakup where, yeah. where Nick's like, no, I'm married to the job. And he's like, come on and he literally like runs away in the rain it's like classic romantic comedy tropes and then he gets the peace lily the japanese water lily yeah and and then they kind of like rekindle their friendship and then they get back together Mm -hmm. and that's that is the like romantic comedy element of the movie and what i think elevates this movie yeah um i also wanted to say that um so well, actually, I should wait till we get to the reveal. So let's just do it now. Yeah, um, we we stumble upon this cultish thing with a lot of split diopter shots that you yeah. pointed out, um, where the the town um, watch group is all around this table and they make decisions because they it, it Simon Pegg thought it was this big like conspiracy that had to do with property. 
Well, he thought that it was Skinner because, based on his investigation, he's a, he owns a grocery store. Yeah. And he doesn't want uh, someone to come in with a chain grocery store. Right. And that's why he was killing certain people. Yeah. And, and but then he stumbles upon upon them having their like secret council with like hoods on and stuff. And he's trying to arrest them all. And then this is when he finds out that it's simpler than that. They just want to maintain like the number one village. Yeah. In Britain. Yeah. Because and it the, all stems the, from when uh, Danny's mom, Slughorn's wife, uh, she as a, a big integral part to why the village is like best village. Yeah. But one year, some hippies rolled into town and ruined everything. And yeah. she couldn't take it and she killed herself. So, Although it was a traffic accident. Traffic collision. Yeah. Which means that her dad killed her. The implication yeah. is yeah, that yeah, she yeah. was murdered. Um, But you do see... Okay, so yeah, so there you it's revealed just like everything we said, bad actors not keeping in with the rustic theme. Uh the lady who owned the flower shop just was simply trying to move away and she was a reason why the village was winning the awards. Yeah. Um killing all these people. Oh, go ahead. Well, what I what I wanted to say is I think um this popped into my head while we were watching it that this movie also like Shaun of the Dead has some commentary about like fear and anxiety and stuff like this. This one has a commentary that I, at least I related to, I guess, or, or saw of like gated communities mm -hmm. where, um, first of all, they're not usually policed that much. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, I think about like Cherry Lane here in yeah. Medford and how it's like, they have like a code of conduct. If you live there, you have to like put out Christmas lights and it has to be really crazy and you have to keep your lawn mode mm -hmm. and all this stuff. Um, and I feel like this movie is also a commentary on how that is like kind of a weird thing that exists. And because of it, it is like, because, you know, like the police department is so naive to all of it. And in yeah. a lot of ways, I think they're choosing to be naive because it's like, this is a small town. Everyone knows each other. Of course, all this stuff is an accident. Why would anyone have a reason to kill someone? Right. And, and it is, it is that, um, you know, learning more about like, the, the, our country and and bad things that are going on um you know knowing that like yeah of course crime statistics are not as high in a gated community where police never go yeah and like this is almost like an allegory about like watching it today that's kind of what i got out of it yeah um as like an extra layer so um really really kind of fascinating i thought yeah that this conspiracy of a town just trying to be uppity yeah and as it, simple as that all of their what they've done is further proven when they're chasing nicholas and he falls into like a crypt under the church pretty much because that's like in the area they are yeah but he sees the hippies the the bodies of the hippies <laughs> yeah he sees bodies of hoodlums which are just those kids yeah who wear a lot of them was just because they looked like gangster kids mm -hmm. um and yeah, so so it's like further proving like they're just getting rid of the undesirables. Yeah, and then you see which even, also would be a commentary about like yeah, you know, like white areas where it's like we only want white people to live here. Mm -hmm. You know, totally. Um, so then Danny shows up and he is still on the side of his dad because it's his dad. Mm -hmm. So um, you you know he stabs uh Nicholas. And yeah. you're like, wow. I, well, no, I mean, it's it's like, where could this movie go from here? Because his know, one know, true friend like betrayed him. And then you you find out that like Danny's giving him a chance to just run away and forget about it. Yeah. And of course, Nicholas is like, I can't do that. This is against yeah. the law. So he's gonna go get like London and bring him in. Yeah. And as he's leaving, he stops at a gas station and he sees a DVD shelf with bad boys too and point break yeah and it kind of zooms in on keanu reeves yeah <laughs> and um he's like okay and he goes back goes into the police closet dons all the shotguns machine guns and everything he can carry and then he gets on a horse and walks into the town the next day it's the day that they're being judged for best village and as he's coming in it, it, it's all shot 
like it is a Western, which mm-hmm. is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. So beyond just the action movies, they throw this Western nod where he's literally on a horse, this lone gunman yeah. come into a town that's overrun. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's gonna, the sheriff in town. He's the sheriff, and he's going to put everybody back in business. So what ensues is a huge gun gunfight. Yeah. Where, as they say earlier, everybody and their mom has a gun. Yeah. And they just start going crazy people are dying then uh danny jumps into the fight as well we should mention they they have boughten and eaten cornettos twice yes. in this movie um they're going through they're doing all the fight um it eventually leads them into the grocery store and there's a pretty long fight there it's a pretty long action sequence yeah Be- because like each character has been established throughout the movie so it's almost like each of the quote-unquote bad guys kind of get their due yeah um but it all it all gets comes to a head when the police officers show up in like their out-of-date SWAT team uniforms uh-huh and uh Nicholas is like yelling at them like you gotta stop being so naive about all of this yeah they understand they're on his side right right I had forgotten to it all, all goes that. to which I don't really understand what this is about but it all ends up at that kid who's like building a miniature town. Yeah. What does that mean? Well, I think they didn't talk. They didn't never showed a kid working on a miniature town. I don't think he's working on it because oh, when he okay. first shows up into the town, um, there is a sign that says miniature village and it points in a direction. Oh, it, okay. I just missed it then. Yeah. Um, I think the kid is just looking at it. Like he's just visiting the miniature village. Okay. So, yeah, there's this big fight at the miniature village with um, Skinner. Yeah. And um, what's funny that I had never caught before is, oh, and the same with the dad. The dad and Skinner both die. Well, actually, Skinner does not die, but they get defeated because of an actual legitimate accident. Yeah. Because the whole movie they've been staging. What happens to the dad? Well, remember, he's in the car and the swan yes. pops up and he crashes he his car. Because I think it shows him getting oh, okay. taken to jail. But, but yeah, th- yeah, yeah. those two people, they don't get murdered or killed. They actually That's funny. ironically have an accident. Yeah. And then um, Skinner runs and he slips on a model car and gets impaled through the bottom part of your jaw on a spire on the church it's hard to look at it's it's pretty tough to look at and he's just like oh <laughs> yeah and by that time uh the like london shows up yeah and then everything is resolved basically um well then uh, there is and i feel like this was like extra i didn't need yeah. it in the movie but he's at the precinct and they're filling out all the paperwork they're like man this is a lot oh, of paperwork yeah. and then um who the, comes the guy, in? It's the guy who, like, basically monitors the town. Yes, and he... He's, like, probably dispatch. Yeah, and he attempts to shoot Nick, and then Danny jumps in front of the bullet, and then a mine goes off. The mine from earlier, yeah. which we didn't talk about on the podcast, but, you know. Yeah. Um, And then, like, the whole precinct is leveled. Mm. And then, uh, then we show them at a grave, and Danny is, like giving flowers to his mom right. or Nick is actually, but I don't think that that scene really needs to be in there. No, I think it's like, it feels kind of not tacked on, but it's like, uh, I, I do think a lot of like action movies do that where you're like, Oh, it's over. And then there's like, but you forgot about me. I do think it is interesting because when the big reveal happens, when all of the people you find out that it's all of the neighborhood watch people who are doing everything. A lot of the times in a movie, it's the movie's going to be over pretty quick. Yeah. But it's, it, there's a lot after <laughs> yeah. that scene. And I, I think like there's still a lot of funny bits, uh-huh. but it is kind of like maybe all of that stuff should have been a little bit, a little shorter. Yeah. So I did want to, I do. I like this movie a lot. Me I too. love this yeah. movie and Edgar Wright. We can't wait to have you on the podcast someday. Um, and so do not take this as a bash in any way, but um, I do like I get a little bit of fatigue by the time he like rolls up uh, with the horse. Yeah. I'm a little yeah. like, okay, I'm like kind of done. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the solution of that is, but it is a two hour movie. And I do feel like maybe it would be a little bit better if it was like 15 to 20 minutes shorter. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, that's like my one complaint. And I think it's just because of how a story arc goes. Because finding yeah. out that they're all the bad guys, that is like the climax. Yeah. Um, so then, then, then the, the falling action is usually pretty quick. I mean, based on how right. the story structure goes and it's just not very quick. Yeah. But I, I it is funny though. Cause it's like, I feel like the action scene could lose probably like five, six minutes. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know that the movie's been building to an action totally. scene and they yeah. kind of have to do that. Yes. And it's not, it's not my favorite like filmed action scene, but at yeah. the same time they are spoofing particularly like the 90s and early 2000s which are over the top and like very cut up so yes. it 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 does make sense yeah um we should mention they do do the the fence gag in this movie mm-hmm. um that's in all the cornetto movies where simon Pegg says i know a shortcut and he jumps over all these fences and then flips over the last one there's four fences and he jumped over three of them and then a stuntman did yes. the fourth one and also i noticed in the, the these two movies he jumps over a car and I'm curious yeah. if he does it again in the next movie. Like uh, like slides over the hood, right? Yeah. Um, and then when uh, Danny goes through the fence, he just smashes through <laughs> it. And he apparently he like looked back at the camera so that people would realize that he did it, not a stuntman. He oh. didn't want people to think a stuntman did that. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, when they are in, I think, the pub... Um, when it's like the showdown, they're having the the showdown with the inspector. There's like a video game sound. Oh, okay. Um, and that video game sound is in all three of the movies. It was in Shaun of the Dead. It's like the video game he's playing. Okay. Um, so that's another thing that's in all of them. Cool. Yeah. So didn't know that. Didn't pay attention to that. Yeah, I heard it, and it was kind of like, why is this in here? That's weird. Yeah. Like, cause it did. It, it was. It just kind of like happened. They did show that there was a video game in there, though. Oh, they did earlier. Cool. Remember the that guy was peeing on it. <laughs> that's right um very funny movie yes uh it's great uh i like Shaun of the dead more me too quite a bit more yeah um but yeah i mean do you have any final words on the movie no i think if i keep talking i'll lose my mind (laughs) um well next week we're doing the world's end finishing out the cornetto trilogy and since this was only a trilogy we're gonna announce our next series next week we're not gonna announce it two weeks ahead um but they're all on Netflix, so that'll make it easy for you. Um, yeah, at World's End, don't forget to... The World's End. Or The World's End, not the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I know, it's okay. Um, don't forget to watch my Little Women video. It'll be linked in the podcast. And read Jordan's blog, Recount and Reveal. And stay safe and have a wonderful day. Bye. beef do i have beef with me no (laughs) are you just cranky am i i don't know you're kind of a stinker really yeah why what's making you i don't know it's just all started off going bad when you sneeze so loudly see that's a total you thing that's not a me thing